welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, not to be confused with Conan the Barbarian. And I am joined today by Brian Colon. He's the creator of the crawling death below the dying forest, which is going to be funding on Game Found soon. Yes, on Game Found on starting <laughs> March 22nd. And thank you for having me. Thank you for coming back. And I- I'm going to tell you, coming back again, because we did one. We did one recording and we had some problems with this. So we're back to re-record. So this is our, we got a practice session in. <laughs> That's right. It should be old hat at this point. We should be able to just tell all the things succinctly and easily and like like we're like we're old friends. Well, that's all we got for today. Thank you for coming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had actually gotten into a discussion a lot about crowdfunding, but before we talk, because you're crowdfunding a role-playing game on GameFound, and I'd like to get into that, but before we get into that, could you talk about the game that you're going to be crowdfunding on GameFound? Sure, absolutely. So I've created a 48-page hardcover uh, Morkborg adventure called Crawling Death Below the Dying Forest. It is set in the Merkborg universe, and it uses all the the core rules of that system. But I also incorporated a product that I created a few years ago called Cartography, where I got, it's a a dungeon in a deck, basically. And I took one of the the decks that I had created, uh, Below the Dying Forest, and I got that out with my kids and kind of started laying out the, the cards and saying, okay, we're going to create this adventure. We need to determine factions and story hooks and things like that that are going to go in there. And then I'd pull out a card. I'm like, what do you think is going to be in this room? And what do you think is going to be in this room? So they kind of helped craft some of the rooms and some of the creatures that ended up being in the story where I had a heavy hand with the big picture stuff and most of it, but they helped um, add to it. And both of their names are also credited in the book as well. Oh, that's great. I really like that. It's cool to be able to do Thanks. that. <laughs> oh, and one of the things about it is because we, I use these random rooms, because there's 55 different rooms in, in the game, um, you can use this as one giant mega dungeon, where if you put it all together as one big piece, or you could have them randomly, you can randomly roll for a room um, so that it generates the, the adventure as you go. So it has lots of replayability, and it has the ability for an ever-shifting dungeon. That's pretty cool. I like that. Like you can run an adventure more than once with you know different groups, see how it turns out each time differently and all. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It's reusable. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So you have crowdfunded on GameFound before, correct? Yes, absolutely. So um, Crawling Death is a project that I put out under my own company, Creature Curation. Um, but back in January of 2021, I joined the Infinite Black team. And I'm currently the vice president of uh, tabletop RPG development over there. And we were the very first company to put out an RPG in crowdfunding on GameFound with Vast Grimm, which is a sci-fi hack of Merkborg. Uh, I played Merkborg and I got completely inspired by the design of the book, the gameplay itself, and decided I need to sculpt these monstrous creatures because of how exciting I was enjoying enjoying the game. And when I sculpted them, I knew that it didn't fit for me in the Merkborg world. I wanted to do something different and do something more sci-fi and or real. It's really more science fantasy because I don't lean too hard into the the hard hard science fiction. <laughs> not the huge. Not not as as heavy STEM as it is, is just fantasy. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I mean, 
I think most of the sci-fi I get into probably leans more into the fantastic than it does the actual science, to be 100% honest. Yeah. There's a few I tell myself are really scientific, like The Expanse, but I'm sure it's probably not as scientific as I think it is in my mind sometimes. <laughs> and for people that aren't science-minded like myself, it's easy to to do something like The Expanse and even lean it, even lean it more fantasy or fantastical, too. I've always been a big Star Wars feller, and I always liked the fact yep. that they that they were they have they could have like sorcerers and wizards in my science fiction. Yes, <laughs> that's, exactly. <laughs> that's my favorite stuff there. So we had talked about discussing crowdfunding a little more. Like, there's a lot that's been going on in the world of crowdfunding with Kickstarter. Um, this recent Zine Month, there was a big change of when Zine Quest happens and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And there's a lot more people who have been putting their games out on platforms like itch.io over zine month. And mm -hmm. there's something like game found popping up and not a lot of people have put out role-playing games on game count game found so far. You're one of yes. the few. Yeah. And uh, hopefully that's going to change. I mean, right now game found for crowdfunding is still currently in beta. Now, it, it was founded by the folks behind Awakened Realms, a board game company that made a lot of miniature heavy board games. So the people that founded GameFounder are people, you know, they're, oh, yeah. they're, <laughs> they're, they're sitting across the table from us. They might not be playing role playing games all the time, but they're playing games. You know, I have a lot of role playing games. I probably have a lot of board games compared to the average person. Uh -huh. But probably not as much as a person who's a real big board gamer. Totally. Like I've got tons of, especially like, oh, all kinds of companies, AEG over there. I see tons of fantasy flight stuff. Yep. You know, I, I, I get into it. I think they're cool. I don't play board games nearly as much as my regular role playing games. It's just there was a time where I was playing board games more than role playing because it was easier for me to get a person or two to play occasionally, <laughs> you know? Yep. So I, I like them. I like board games. Don't play them as much as my role playing games. But if I see a cool one on GameFound, I'm tempted to. Oh, I want. I want to check that out. That looks pretty awesome. Good. And and with their with their crowdfunding, they're gonna they're gonna be out of beta very soon. So hopefully, as that happens, more role playing games will get on there. And knowing that, like this is like Crawling Death is something I'm doing on the side. I need to make the money to be able to produce it. But if for some reason if for some reason I didn't help bring the audience to the project, it wouldn't wreck me. So if I can help open it up and get more people to be to see GameFound as an option for crowdfunding, the more platforms we have to try and get in front of additional people as people that develop role-playing games, the better. So whether you're doing it on your own website, whether you're doing it on Itch, whether you're doing it on Kickstarter or GameFound, you need to go with what's right for you. But the more that we can have as a community, the better off we're all going to be. I would love to see a crowdfunding project for just role-playing games, but I don't think that's out there just yet. <laughs> yep. But the closest seems to be game fun. I, I was going to ask you, like, well, I'll preface it this way. I got my little Kickstarter app on my phone. And I mm -hmm. check it all the time. Like I'm constantly <laughs> rolling through Kickstarters. Right. I'm like, oh, there's a cool role playing game. This this guy's got a, this person's got a really neat zine they're putting out. And you know, sometimes if it's like something's coming to an end and it's not too much, especially a little zine, I'll grab it at the last minute. Like, oh yeah, I want that one <laughs> right yep. before it goes. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of Kickstarters. 
excited about it. And Kickstarter is not made for role-playing games. It's not his right. main focus. But the way that that app set up, when I flip through the app and the app, I pretty much am seeing mostly role-playing games. Well, they know who you are yeah. and they know what you're buying and they want, they want, they want to tailor that so that you're going to keep spending money. So they're going to keep getting their cut, which, you know, that makes sense. It's a business. Oh yeah. It's, I get a lot of the role play stuff. The show is pretty good. Yep. Quite a bit of it. I'm interested in now. I said one of my complaints about itch.io when I went on there is it's not made for physical role-playing tabletop games. It's more of a video game thing. And because of that, I've had a hard time maneuvering and finding, I've got a lot of different role-playing games on there that I've picked up from people, but I still have a little bit of a hard time maneuvering and finding it. So I think it's cool that this platform is a game specific platform. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about what the differences are because Number one, content is more game oriented. So I think by the end of the day, it's going to be like physical tabletop games, maybe not specifically geared for just role playing games. That's kind of a niche in the tabletop hobby. Right. Yeah. But it's still a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. What are the big differences between, say, Kickstarter and GameFound? Like, what can one expect from the two? So the platforms on their own are, there's significant differences in the user experience and how that goes about. There's a couple things as a, as someone that is making content to put on there versus just a consumer, somebody that's buying stuff. There's a couple main things that I think are key. One, the overall shopping experience. It works more like a shopping cart, which you can start to see Kickstarter moving in that direction with the recent addition of add-ons to the campaigns and things like yes. that. But that was already baked into GameFound. And it's a little more, you can decide which add-ons you want to be featured. So they're the most prominent ones. You can kind of organize how you want them to be. You can also pick a specific pledge that you want to be the main one. Like if you have five different pledges, but you know the the fourth one has all the things that most people are going to buy. Like it's got the, the player's book, it's got a GM screen, it's got the dice, it's got all the all the key components that, that like you want that one to be the one that more people buy. You can make that one be the, the featured pledge level. And that's the one that's going to be in the, it's going to follow you on the page as you scroll down over on the right-hand side. It also has navigation on the left, which for a lot of people, like on some Kickstarters, they can get really long. And you don't. You have to scroll all the way back through to find it. Uh, on GameFound, there is navigation on the left-hand side, so you can click it and it'll jump to that part of the page. Mechanically, there's one more thing that after the the GameFound campaign is over, after the crowdfunding is over, and you get it live again in the pledge manager phase, it's still discoverable on GameFound, which is very different than Kickstarter because Kickstarter you then have to either go to something like Backerkit or Pledge Manager or, or something like that. And it's not being seen by, by the people that are just organically going to the site. So people that are going to GameFound to look for board games or other role-playing games can now see it in the ongoing projects and be late backers all the way up until the time that you close it down and say, you don't want to sell it on there anymore. I, I like that. I like the fact that you can get the get the uh kickstarter going or kick, i'm calling it a kickstarter it's like q-tip I'm using it for generic <laughs> right you can, I get know. The, you can get the game found going does it come does it roll off the tongue the same way calling it a game found i think you're just used oh, to oh, saying we, kickstarter so we, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out <laughs> yep. the the uh the the crowdfunded project going and yep keep it go keep it going after the funding time is over i kind of like that 
a lot of times I'm like, man, if they would have just gone a day or two more, I could have packed this. I didn't have the money up to that point. I did, I will in two days. So I, I like it from that perspective. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, because we had Vast Grimm on there, I've seen a significant amount of after the, after the funding sales, because, because like I, I'm still sending out PDFs of the book to late backers and I check it regularly to see who's coming in, which is fantastic because that means we're continuing to build the audience for the project and, and that game well after the, the, the crowdfunding ended. Now the back end, like with Kickstarter, I know that after the whole thing's over, you got to go figure a way to kind of finish up fulfilling and everything. And a lot of people go to stuff like, Oh, what's, what's the one that, uh, that I, backer kits, the backer big kit. one. Yeah. That's yep. I like backer kit when people use yeah, backer as kit. Do that's I. my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. like, oh, good. It's... Using backer kit. That's easy. <laughs> now with Kickstarter, you got to go over and use something like that and, and finish it up. But as I understand it, you don't have to with game found. Right. And that's actually where GameFound got their start. Awaken Realms built this so that they could have their own pledge management system for one of their big board games because they were frustrated with, with things that they were running into and things not working the way they needed it to work to for their customers. So they understand kind of the pains and, and things that are more specific to the gaming community. So it had four years of stable development and a stable life cycle of being a pledge manager before they even started doing the crowdfunding thing. So it's got a really solid foundation in that. I'm wondering like the price of using what you, if, as you as a creator mm -hmm. and I say, I'm going to put something up on Kickstarter to back, they take a certain percent. And I'll put on game found to back. They take a certain percent. If I put it on Kickstarter and I have to use a backer kit as well, is that end up just going to be more I'm going to have to pay or is it even out in the end? Or I'm wondering if you even have the answer to that or no. So I don't remember what the current backer kit charges are because they've fluctuated and changed significantly over the past few years. I've used them personally for some of my creature curation projects, probably four or five times. So, but, and it's changed a lot over the years to, to kind of go with the market. They're probably similar in pricing structure. It went in the end of the, at the end of the day, they're going to be similar in pricing structure um, between credit card processing fees and the amount that the individual companies that 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 house them uh, cost. So I don't think you're going to have significant financial savings there, but I, I still see lots of benefits to going with with one that's tailored to gaming specifically. Now they don't quite have, from my past experience, they don't have the reach that is built into Kickstarter. Yeah, I think that's one of the things with with it is that Kickstarter has a lot of people paying attention to yes. it. And it's got a lot of people on there. Game found's awesome. I, I like it. It's a cool idea. I'd like to, I'm gonna probably be trying to pay a lot more attention to what's coming out there, but we need more people to go check it out too. More people on there like they are on Kickstarter checking in regularly when things pop up. Yep. And I'm sure they don't have on GameFound the amount of projects coming live as often as well. No, no, they don't. And, and part of that's being in beta. And part of it is also that they're still working on the feature to, from what I understand, to have RPGs have its, a little own, its own little ecosystem within it to have it stand out a little bit more. I mean, with Vaskrim being the first one, then Down We Go was the second one. Cyber Metal... Um, there was another one that 
that didn't get funded. And, uh, and then, and then I think crawling death is, I think that's the fourth RPG related one that's crowdfunded on there. And there will be more. Cause I've seen some that are in the upcoming that haven't launched yet. And sometimes people wait for certain things, whether they hit a certain follower count and things like that to really ensure that they have a, a successful like launch at the beginning. So you've tried the different, you, you've tried multiple ones. I I'm just curious. I, I've got two questions I want to ask. I'm trying sure. to sit here and deliberate which one I should ask or should I throw <laughs> them together. I'm curious just from your experience and using them, if you could maybe give things that you liked about one or the other that, that the other one may like, like positives that, that may overshadow the other place at times, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm also curious to know, um, like, I'd like to get a take on where crowdfunding is going, but I figure we can wait till <laughs> later. <laughs> That may be sure. getting ahead of me here. Um, so I've I've done Kickstarter. I've done a number of Kickstarters. I want to say on my own, I've probably done maybe nine Kickstarters from small pin and patch Kickstarters to hand poured resin monster taxidermy busts to um, a 5e campaign setting in bestiary. So I've and to squishy toys and mm-hmm. I've had a wide range of things on Kickstarter. And I wouldn't be able to make all the things that I've made without that platform. Like I've reached so many people and made fans and friends through it. So there's something, there's something invaluable about Kickstarter as a platform. Uh, it's, uh, I'm sure I will run projects on there in the future as well. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, while there's another company trying to, trying to get bigger that is tailoring itself to our audience and to our people, if I can launch projects there, I'm going to. Yeah. I like that. I think that we should. I mean, I think it's great to have more than just Kickstarter for the hobby. A lot of people, lots of talk in my game group about oh, Kickstarter and stuff like that. I'm excited to see more platforms get used. And there's been a lot of talk about people upset at Kickstarter and other things going on. I'm not here mm-hmm. to talk about what Kickstarter is doing and, and why people are upset or even dive into sure. that. But I am curious where you think that what kind of things you may think be happening in the future when it comes to crowdfunding online. Like I know people talked about like I said, some sort of uh, I've heard a lot of different talk. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> so like, I know there's a lot of, uh, of smaller companies that are crowdfunding directly on their sites. I've seen uh, pinnacle entertainment do that for one of their savage worlds, um, superhero version, a superhero version of their savage worlds game. Uh, gallant Knight has done it for, um, uh, one of the, I believe what the Magi, uh, one of the books, uh, I think with that, for, for those to work, you have to have a significant audience. Yes. I've, I've seen smaller indie, uh, publishers do that as well, especially like during the, the Zemo, um, when there was a little, there was more ways to reach out to people because of the zine, uh, zine month website and things like that. But it's a lot harder to get in front of new people when somebody else isn't, isn't driving folks there. You have to, you have to be constantly on it. And as a small creator, I, I don't know how people have time <laughs> or energy to do that when doing all the other things too. Uh, and one thing too, I think it might be just hard to predict like, like, who would have made the prediction that MySpace would fall to Facebook and Twitter and TikTok sure, yeah. and, you know, what the next big one is? I hear something like GameFound. I get excited because I'm a gamer geek. Like, oh, this is just four games. Cool. 
how many people got on Kickstarter at first just for games? I did. <laughs> right, sure. But but that's because you saw something From that you knew that I you liked like. yeah. that was coming there. Yeah. So and I think that's just what it's gonna take with other platforms is somebody has to lure you in and be like, hey, have a taste of this. You're going to like it. <laughs> yeah. Now, could you tell us how you got into doing this? I mean, this is your full-time job at this point, correct? That is, it is. Um, sure. So um, before it was my full-time job, I I was a print and web designer. I had been since like, 19, I got out of college in 97 and I had my own design studio from right before my son was born in 2009. So I did graphic design for a long time. I self-published comic books, um, didn't do well at any of that, but I enjoyed doing it because it was a dream of mine. <laughs> and then I started sculpting weird monster taxidermy and I started doing them at local Atlanta shows. I started doing Dragon Con because I'm, I'm outside of Atlanta. And in 2016, I decided it was time to try and go somewhere else and go, go somewhere outside of my comfort zone. And I heard Gen Con was the place to be because my stuff was all weird fantasy creature things. I started playing D&D in fourth grade. And so I went to Gen Con and I, after like I, I submitted my art to the uh, to the artist area and got accepted. And I, I went there and I, as soon as I had my table in the artist area, I was like, it's so much bigger than what I ever imagined it was. Like I was, you know, I was playing d and I was playing Fade. I was playing all sorts of games in my small, tiny little bubble. Yeah. But seeing that bubble explode into so many thousands of people, I knew then I had to push the art that I was doing and trying to create things that would allow other people to tell stories within the worlds that were in my head. That's great. And so... You just took the Kickstarter and started doing it, or how, when did you yeah. get out of there? Let's see. So, so yeah. So I, I took the creatures that I was sculpting, yeah, and I started building out the world that they were in. Uh, world of Revelo. Revelo is my son's middle name, Oliver backwards. <laughs> I first took an art book to Kickstarter, which was like photos of the sculptures and lore, and then you could download a PDF of the five E stats for it. I got one of my friends to do all the mechanic stuff because. I do not like mechanics. Um, and then uh, uh, and then from once that was successful, then I took the 5e campaign setting and bestiary to, to Kickstarter. I got another friend, uh, Carrie. He he did all the illustrations because I don't illustrate well. I'm a uh, I sculpt okay and I, I I can draw somewhat okay. I design just I design in my sleep, but the <laughs> illustrations had to be different. And so I had him do all the art. We took that to Kickstarter in the meantime, doing starting the convention scene and going all over the East Coast area. I realized that RPGs and at least at the time and one of a kind sculptures were not things to make enough money to pay for table and travel and hotel and all that stuff. So I started making pins and patches of cute RPG related things, especially the very first Kickstarter I did was for a RPG style board game, kids game that failed miserably. But I learned a lot from that and I figured out, okay, this is how Kickstarter works. These are things you need to do. These are things that I shouldn't have done and kind of built on the knowledge each each project that I did. And eventually I, it, it did, you know, after the first one that you didn't do as great, you, you know, seems like you managed to do a few decent Kickstarters after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've done I've done a few fair, like I think pretty 
pretty decent ones. Uh, the uh, I've done blind box squishy toys of, of RPG creatures, which did pretty well. The the Vast Grim was done through Infinite Black, but I kind of spearheaded that whole thing, um, and that had a, a decent decent following on it. And I did cartography with Norse Foundry, and that was one of my my larger ones as well. I say I was uh, I, one of the things I I used to do. I used to I, I used to. Uh... I used to, I paint, uh, I do art illustration for years for mm-hmm. a living. And I, one of my things, oil paintings were my big things and uh-huh. uh, really into oils. But as I was showing and trying to get money, like you were saying, like I needed something cheap to sell something like under right. the $20 range that people <laughs> yep. pick up as they're walking by. And I had to, I started coming up with, with cheap, easy ways to do quick, uh, inexpensive canvases with stencil type things and all kinds of yep. stuff that you crank out that people liked. Um, and, and yeah, trying to come up with something I could do fast enough and cheap enough that right. I wouldn't like, like just be giving my money away after it was bought for a low price was kind of like a kicker on keeping on doing that and keeping some kind of income when I was, when I was at these galleries and shows, like I need yep. something on that low end that I can sell at a show. So, yep. And that you'll get the people that want the bigger pieces, but you've got to cover all your expenses and, and, and be able to go to the next show. Yeah. Yeah. And not everybody's going to be buying the most expensive, biggest, nicest, like, and even still, <laughs> how right. many of those do you need to sell? But sometimes volume has more to do with, with, with trying to get by, you know, yeah, just absolutely. being able to get a lot of something out there, whatever it be. You And the pens and stuff like that. That's like, here's the thing about doing that style of thing is anyone can pick it up and be like, Oh, cool. I'll put that on my bag. I'll put that on my whatever. And you don't have to be like, oh, I have to play a certain game for it. Like most right. things, like supplements or minis yep. or whatever. You know, that's one of those things that's wide appealing. So those are great, great things to go start with. Really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I make sure that the things that I create are things that either myself or my kids are going to enjoy. Because if not, what's the point in doing it? You know? Oh, yeah. And yeah, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. <laughs> so you're a gamer we only got a few minutes left but i'd like to talk about what games you're into and and get an idea like maybe some of your gaming history could you give us an idea there (laughs) yeah so i mean right now uh, pretty much the only games that i'm currently playing are merc borg and vast grim just because there's only so much time in the week but i I started out playing D &D with uh with the red box um, in fourth grade with my friends whose older sister uh, pushed it on us because we were starting to get into trouble and that kept us entertained and, <laughs> and out of trouble. Uh, in high school, I played a lot of the Palladium games like Rifts yeah. and also played like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and started playing uh, Vampire in high school. Did a couple, did uh, a, drove from Maryland to Atlanta for one of the live action, one of the LARPs. Um, in the mid nineties did, did a vampire LARP in my hometown for like a, for like a, a whole summer, like spread out over the summer. Uh, And then I got into fate sometime, sometime after college. And because I I like the more narrative driven games uh, most of the time. Oh yeah. I like less crunch in most, in most of my games. And so I, I played a lot of that. And actually that's what I was going to do my, my fantasy setting in before I did 5e for my Revelo stuff, but my son was 
probably eight or nine at the time. And he'd pour over like the, the Cobalt Press bestiaries and, and those things and just look at numbers and look at the stats and all that stuff. And I tried giving him a couple of like third party fate monster manual type books. And without those numbers, he wasn't interested. But I also, you know, the funny shaped dice go a long way for people. And oh, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I then went back to the to the back to D&D for that until until I found uh, Merkborg. And then I was like, OK, I like the rules light is is everything that I need. You can have the narrative and the weird descriptive things in it and not have to be so I don't have to be bogged down with remembering rules because my brain is terrible at that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like I like rules like games. I, I, that's, I'll just leave it there. I've been on this rant a hundred times in the show. I'm wearing people out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like you. I played when you said doing the Palladium in the 90s. I was huge Palladium guy in the 90s yep. from the early 90s. Like there was we did a lot of it. And I actually run riffs na- right now on, on Saturday night. Nice. So <laughs> still still there. Haven't ran in years, but so yeah. If you could, before we finish up here, could you tell the listeners where they can find you and your stuff online? Sure, absolutely. Um, the best way to track me down is Linktree slash Brian Cullen. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Brian Cullen, because I have all I have too many places to go and check out, and that's just the easiest way to find it. And if you're interested in checking out Crawling Death, you can go to can't dot rip slash cd um i bought the domain can't dot rip because you know low level spells and uh d- use it as a as a little uh, url shortener for things that's nice that's a pretty cool idea and i you go ahead and send me links to those and i'll make sure they make it in the show notes awesome thank you that would be great i want to thank you all for listening if you jo- enjoy what you hear here today please leave us a positive review wherever you're listening you can find us on Facebook, just search Wildlies and Wizards. Wildliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hail Crom. We are on now on Patreon. So any support you can give us, we gladly appreciate patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.